This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Shara Kutin. With me at Joyce Go and Kusu Chuang. On Saturday, a by-election was held at Sungai Kandes uh, when the Sungai Kandes assembly seat went vacant following the death of former PKR incumbent Mat Shuhaimi Shuhaifi, uh, sorry, Shafi'i, rather. Uh, PKR candidate Mohamad Zawawi Mahmud, uh, Ahmad Mugni uh, won comfortably with a majority of some 5,800 votes. However, this is lower than the 12,500-vote majority that uh, Mat Suhaimi won in GE14 just in May this year. The election uh, commission reported a voter turnout of a mere 49%. To make sense of the results, we have uh, Ben Sufian, a program director of Medeca Center, and a pollster on the line. Thank you so much for joining us, Ben, this morning. I want to begin with the voter turnout issue. It's been uh, dissected and interpreted in many different ways. What's your sense of the low voter turnout? Well, uh, thanks for having me on, uh, Sharad. I mean, I feel that the low voter turnout is partly the result of uh, voter fatigue uh, coming out from the general election. And also, I think the general view, particularly for voters in the KL Klango region, that they are quite happy with the Pakatan Harapan government. And so they are not, you know, really going out in full force to give any kind of sign or signal for uh, change or any, yeah, change the direction of the way uh, the government is being run. Uh, so having said that, uh, we also noticed that in the lead-up to the polls, we already detected quite a sizable number of people who didn't want to show up, partly because they felt that it was not going to change the outcome. But also, I think, in the, in the two weeks of the formal campaign, uh, increasing signs from particularly past members and supporters who were not keen to support either party, uh, BN or also uh, PKR in this instance. And I think it's largely those people that stayed away from the polls this time. Ben, just to follow up on that, uh, the candidate for Amno Barisan National, Lokman Adam, in the run-up to the polls said that he was anticipating a low voter turnout, but he said it would be to their benefit. Now, I know it was an uphill task for him. He's since now come out to say that the low voter turnout was a sign of protest. What do you make, uh, how do you make sense of his interpretation of those events? Well, I think, you know, post-election, a lot of people have to try and spin the results in order to suit, uh, to suit uh, you know, their feelings uh, of the outcome. I think, I think, first of all, for Barista National, I mean, they did relatively poorly. I mean, they suffered from the low voter turnout. But I think what is more telling is that the desire to try and accumulate support from past supporters as well as UMNO supporters in many ways failed in this election, that five members generally didn't want to vote for a BN candidate, and that attributed to the low turnout. I mean, historically, people feel that uh, low turnout uh, is basically uh, of benefit to the Barisan National, largely because it's associated with young people typically staying away from elections. But uh, I think in this particular case, this low turnout is not a protest. I think if there is a protest vote going out, you will see very high turnout, as we saw during the general election, in excess of 80%. I think in the case of Sungai Kandis, the voter turnout during the GE was, I think, close to 85%. Uh, that was a protest vote. I think here was a very lukewarm, either upper attitude uh, displayed by voters in Sungai Kandis. 
Yeah, Ben Chuang here. Uh, there was also the whole uh, issue about how Dr. Osuri Najib was headlining the campaign there, not um, the new AMNO president, uh, Zahid Hamidi. Um, how much did that have to do with the way the voters turned out, uh, 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 voted, as well as the fact that maybe there's a school of thought that maybe uh, voters in that part of the world have evolved from the whole uh, race-religion card that was uh, playing, being played out? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, the voters are not going to quickly evolve out of the race and religion class. But, you know, I think the Barisan National Campaign, and indeed, not just the campaign in Sungai Kandis, but, you know, the overall uh, positioning of the BN, particularly AMNO right now, is a bit hamstrung by how closely they still remain associated with Dato Sri Najib. Uh, in fact, it's because, you know, the last election was by and large seen by many voters as a rejection of the uh, Najib administration and his style of governance. And having him linger around, uh, you know, in, in a political campaign and also uh, linger around in terms of making statements uh, reflective of the party stand uh, is not only uh, a put off for many voters, uh, but could potentially, you know, damage any real attempts by AMNO to win back support. Uh, even among their hardcore Malay supporters. So I think this was displayed in the election because while we say that there was a lower turnout uh, across the board, AMNO people, some AMNO people didn't show up to vote as well. So in many ways, it is not just uh, lack of interest, but also uh, some past rejection of the continued positioning of AMNO post-general uh, election. Uh, ben, looking ahead to the other uh, upcoming by-elections uh, in Balakong and Sri Setia, what will you be watching out for? Well, you know, Balakong is definitely going to be a very uh, simple affair between the DAP and uh, whoever I think is going to be an MCA candidate there. Uh, we are interested to see whether or not the M MCA is going to contest in the, under the BN banner or if he's too embarrassed to do that and run under his own logo. So we will continue to, to see that. I mean, it's uh, definitely uh, going to be a hands-down victory for PHDP in Barakong. I think Sri Satya, I think, is a bit more interesting, partly because, you know, that seat, uh, has, although it has been won by PKR since 2008, it's not an easy seat, partly because the ethnic composition there is more mixed, uh, it is a mixture between middle class and lower income uh, voters there, and uh, it is also quite uh, volatile in terms of voter expectations. Uh, so I think the choice of candidate really matters for PKR, uh, but I think more critically, that will be uh, a more better bellwether uh, for uh, support uh, in for those, the, the incumbent uh, ruling government in the state of Selangor as well as federal. Ben, you earlier mentioned that uh, you felt that AMNO would have been more was more hamstrung by the lingering presence of Najib versus the ongoing race religion card. Um, what did you mean by that? Well, basically, the GE was you know a backlash of voter against Najib. I think you know we were looking at the general election in the lead up to election day, and we found that support for Barisan National keep dwindling. But I think voters held back from disclosing their choices uh, until the very last moment because I think people really wanted to be sure that Dr. Mahathir was really the one who's going to lead. And I think sizable numbers of them, you know, made a chance uh, bet on 
on uh, the current Prime Minister, and that enabled Pakatan Harapan to win. But I think voters were pretty much unanimous in their uh, dissatisfaction with Najib arising from the 1MDP scandal. So having Najib linger around... Ben, what I meant to ask you was, was whether you thought that there was still leeway and mileage in the whole race-religion issue. Well, I think there is a bit more left there, partly because race and religion remains embedded in the sense of identity in this country. So so long as the government, uh, the current government is able to push through reforms, I think that's going to distract people away from race and religion. But I think AMNO and it's... They're stuck in that rut and they, they can't move out. So they, I think they have continued to help on race and religion. I think the other point that I wanted to make is that uh, the Malay society is pretty much socially conservative. The younger people display greater sense of uh, desire for more political Islam uh, and, and, and that will remain so. Uh, so I think there's always uh, room for people to exploit race and religion even you know, in the new era of Malaysia. Uh, ben, and lastly, you know, the question of AMNO past cooperation, I, I believe uh, AMNO is saying it's going to uh, give way to pass to contest in and Sri Satya as a kind of quid pro quo for allowing them to run uh, in this uh, in Sungai Kandis. But w- when pass looks at these results, if, if what you're saying is true, the, Will it be to pass's benefit to hitch their wagon to Amno's? Is Amno, in fact, going to be a lead weight on them moving forward rather than something uh, of an ally who's going to bolster uh, votes for them? Well, I think it's still early days in terms of the uh, real tangible cooperation within the two parties. Uh, I think for both Pass and Amno, I think they are actually stuck uh, where they are. They are in many ways uh, the way past has been, you know, prior to uh, 1999, they were stuck in the fringes of the Malaysian political spectrum. And the only way that they can win votes is if they can convince their own supporters to vote the candidates coming from from the other party. And and this is going to take time, partly because past and AMNO are rivals. They have been competitors for the last 60 years. And it will take time for them to cooperate effectively on the ground. And so what we saw in Sungai Kandis is that while the leaders of PAS and AMNO are of the same mind that they should cooperate, uh, the members uh, down the line in the grassroots are having different thoughts about it and displaying it and not coming out to vote. Thank you so much, Ben. That was Ben Sufian, Program Director with Madeka Centre and Independent Pollster. We'll be back with more. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.